Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for chatting to us about responsibility. But first, talk to us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Sophia. Um, so I'm Lauren. I've been with Ghani since September 2018. I'm from England and I moved to Copenhagen for Ghani. Um, so yeah, it's been a, an amazing two years here. Um, I don't speak Danish. Not tried. <laughs> um, that's me. What um, let you on to the responsibility path? Is this your all-time favourite subject? Yeah, it's for sure my all-time favourite subject. Um, I've been working in sustainability or responsibility for five years now. Um, I have like an organic cosmetics background, but before that I was actually working in fashion, but not at all sustainability. I was actually working in business development and licensing so oh, actually totally the opposite so different. yeah and property development so oh, totally wow. different. yeah what's it like working with responsibility in fashion it's so good actually because i think i spent like the first eight years of my career in fashion uh doing all the harmful things and then you realize kind of that it's a little bit flawed and it's so nice to work back in the industry and do all the good stuff uh with just a better understanding as well I think sometimes our clients have a hard time grasping the fact that we can be responsible and also be a fashion brand. Um, how, how do you think we can talk to our clients about responsibility in fashion? Yeah, so I think Nikolai actually has been super open and honest about this, that there's just an inherent contradiction between being a fashion brand that thrives on newness and selling new things and also being uh, responsible but I think what we do I think we're very open about our journey towards more responsible business and making better choices um, and ultimately I think there's so much opportunity within the fashion industry to do things better than you had done so that's really what we focus on I think we also can't shy away from the fact it's a really complex subject when you get into it and it's not easy to talk about um, and I also think that's a struggle that we have internally because the goalposts move all the time. What's good one minute is you find out, you know, in light of new research or data that maybe it's not so good, not as good as you thought it was. We had that issue with the biodegradable carrier bags. So, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Talk to me about those bags. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a an ongoing like, conversation always um, with the carrier bags specifically. We there was research about biodegradable items being much better than plastic, so you kind of feel like it's the golden ticket. Um, and we're also part of this like new plastics commitment who were advocating for biodegradable plastics. So you know we're quite fast moving in these things. So we implemented it great, mm. and then yeah, and like a short period after, in light of new research, um it kind of came to light that there was no communication between the producers of the biodegradable plastics and then the recyclers at the end. Uh. So when you look at like um, a municipality and their recycling facilities, they didn't have like the infrastructure. Right. That makes sense, it. yes. Yeah, and then it says like biodegradable and compostable. You're like, cool, but if you put that message out to a customer, yeah, you, it sounds like you can just bury it in your back garden in the soil and it will be totally fine. <laughs> it will disappear. And actually it won't. Like, it will disappear, but only under certain conditions. Yeah. And then what we found is those conditions are typically, like, 60 degree heat and 80% humidity. Which doesn't really happen in Denmark or Scandinavia. It just would be, like, oh, it's pretty anywhere. much impossible. <laughs> no, it needs to be, like, an industrial, yeah. like, composting facility. Right. And then 
they they don't exist right now or they do but in very few places so you could look at it two ways either we could stick with those carrier bags and be like okay there's maybe going to be a solution or development Mm. in like three years five years ten years and we'll just wait or we know right now that this is not going to biodegrade and there's not it's not a workable solution so let's just switch it back right that must have been such an like big amount of of work that you just had to go back and start again yeah I think I think it's the nature of like like sustainability and responsibility that you just kind of have to be prepared to take risk on things and you yeah. think that you're like you're doing the best thing you can until you know better or you yeah. know something different and I think the good great thing about working at Ghani is that you have you know you're allowed to fail yeah and I think that's really really important for like this kind of role you need it don't you yeah but you were just mentioning uh, sustainability and responsibility mm-hmm. I remember that we used to say sustainability and then we switched to responsibility yeah can you tell me why yes so I think <laughs> in the beginning you would say sustainability because people kind of knew that it was like oh a little green a little good and better <laughs> And then I think where the conversation moves so quickly within the fashion industry, what you also need to realise is like, this isn't regulated. It's not a regulated industry that you can make any claim you want. Mm. And really like no one's going to penalise you for it, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's actually the same in like lots of other industries like uh, cosmetics, for example. Yeah. And then we noticed that like maybe the, what sustainability means to me means something different to you. And that's like, super unclear and actually for any is anything going to be truly sustainable mm. we don't really know yet we know that as a brand we are trying to do like the most responsible thing that we can do like trying to do as much good as we can right. so responsible just feels like such a better fit and more yeah. accurate for what yeah. we're trying to achieve and also when people talk about sustainability it's usually with an environmental spin and that completely discounts the social element right and social responsibility is also a big part of responsibility of course. so we're a responsible brand <laughs> we're getting there we try to be yeah we do our best we to do be responsible best. yes and i think you look at it in three areas right so you have like material material innovation responsibility mm-hmm. and that's we're making such good progress there you look at environmental responsibility and that's where we're trying to switch stores to be from renewable energy mm. we're trying to look into our supply chain and look at you know how much water's in the production, how much, like, energy are we using, how many chemicals, like, those types Mm. of things. That's where we need to get more information. And that's why we have such a big focus on supply chain traceability, because if you don't know, you kind of work blind. If you don't really know where the hotspots are, you don't know where the impact is, you can't improve it. No. Um, So that's a big, big focus for the whole industry, um, but especially for Ghani. And then the third area is that social responsibility. So... It's the gender equality that we stand for here. It's diversity yeah. and inclusion. And then it's how that feeds down into the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So out of the garment workers, what percentage are female? Uh, what percentage are in man- management positions? Like, what mm. does that look like? So I think it's so complex. And you can be making great progress in one area, but maybe like not in another. So yeah. it's so difficult to be like, oh, yeah, responsible brand. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always going to be a work in progress. And I think we're also very self-critical yeah. about our work in this area, which is not a bad thing. Because no. it's better to be that way than, you know, have this halo effect that you're this amazing, responsible brand. And oh, yeah. That maybe you yeah. get caught out on something. I think yeah. it's better that be we're just awful. honest about... Just, where we're not doing so well, yeah. where we need to improve. 
and just, just to be completely transparent yeah i love that definitely so 20.2 was our most responsible collection yet is 20.3 gonna be even more responsible <laughs> um sorry i'm pulling up my notes um actually it's not because we it's still great so it's 53 percent of the order volume is responsible mm-hmm. so we actually track the responsibility material progress on volume because right. that's where your impact is yeah so, like, of course the volume of what you're producing yeah so the order volume is two percentage points lower than 20.2 okay however we're still using the organic cottons, the recycled cotton, polyester, recycled rubber, the Econil. And we actually have, in this collection, two new fabrics. So we Ooh. have a recycled leather and a recycled wool. So in that sense, to add new fabrics is really, really awesome. And then you yeah. can say that we're progressing yeah. that way. Yeah, because all the fabrics from 20.2, they go mm-hmm. on to 20.3 as well. Yeah. But we've got recycled wool and recycled leather. Can you talk to me about the wool? That's very exciting. Yes, the recycled wool everyone's really excited about because it's made of 62% post-consumer wool. Basically, Ooh. what the... Yeah. So we should also <laughs> talk about pre- and post-consumer recycling. Yes. Um, so pre-consumer recycling is where it's like the cutoffs from the production, it's scraps that then are kind of the leftovers or you could see it as like... Um, optimizing the production and then you're using that to create something so that's great but it's pre-consumer because you as a consumer never would have seen it you probably wouldn't even know that that exists Mm. you just it's not a thought in your mind whereas post-consumer means it's gone through like this whole life cycle it's had a life like with the consumer and then it's being used again for something else and it's not being treated as waste, which is amazing. Right, yeah, because normally it would just go in the bin yeah. and that, that would be it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we're always trying to aim for post-consumer. Yeah. Within, like, the sourcing team, like, that's the focus. Post-consumer is much harder yeah. uh, to achieve, but that's the focus. So I think what's amazing about this is that it's 62% post-consumer recycled fibres from old wool garments. So it's a mill and a factory in Italy. And they basically source, like, um, in the US market, they go into vintage stores and collect wow. old sweaters. Yeah. And then they recycle them into, like, new yarns that are recycled wool, which is really, really amazing. Amazing. And then they did a whole process yeah. again through the mill. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And they even have, like, this facility then that they could potentially then take back the the, the recycled Ghani wool yeah. sweater. Yeah to use again so it's something that we are exploring but yeah everyone's very excited about it it's uh it's pretty ah, great that's very um innovative as well or are many companies doing this um recycled boy is out there on the market but i'm not sure like with the same story i think what's so impressive about this is the story and the transparency yeah with the supply and you don't often get or we don't always get um that level of transparency so our teams have been to the mills like our design team have been our production Amazing. sourcing teams have been and seen like how it all works and uh, yeah, yeah the company is called Mantego. Mantego. and i think we'll probably be doing some marketing with them because it's yeah, yeah this is such a great cool. story to tell yeah i don't think i've ever gone into a shop and bought a knit knowing that unless it was a vintage shop knowing that someone else and may have worn it and it might have had a story yeah before me that's yeah, very yeah. exciting yeah it's really exciting and that so that so you use there's the normal wool then do you have normal do you have like the, the wool we know in the collection or is it all going to be recycled wool no there's still a mix and even that is there's still like conventional wool in it just mm. so it reaches the same level of quality 
Um, that is an issue when you're using sometimes the, the recycled pieces that you really want to make sure that the quality is exactly the same. Yeah, so I was, that was actually yeah. going to be one of my questions was, do we ever compromise on quality? No. <gasps> but then we may compromise on composition. So you could yeah. say 62 is great, but like, why couldn't it be 80? And that would yeah. be because it would compromise on the quality and that you just can't do. No, we can't. There's no point yeah. putting out a poor quality garment because that's not going to sell. That's not going to be recyclable waste. anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ah, that's very interesting. And find a happy medium. So what? So so you men- mentioned um, leather as well. Is that post-consumer or is that pre? Mm-hmm. The leather is pre-consumer. So that is those okay. like fabric scraps and like the production optimization mm-hmm. so it's still good because it's it's recycled we've not killed anything no we've no. not been involved in that entire leather production it's process so it's really great because we also have a game plan goal to mm-hmm. phase out virgin leather uh, in ready to wear ideally by the end of 2021 and in accessories by 2023 so to be trialing oh, wow. like this like recycled yeah. leather even though it's pre-consumer it's still a really great step um but with the the pre-consumer recycled leather right now because of quality issues and durability Mm. you can only make like small leather goods it couldn't be part of like a shoe for example because it just wouldn't be durable i was going to say that sometimes when i buy leather when i've bought leather in the past i can see that it's very natural and you can see sort of the animal has lived i'm would you be able to see that it's basically scraps like are you going to be able to see no it looks awesome does it yeah it looks just like uh you know a conventional virgin leather looks, yeah yeah it's really, oh, really i suppose good. if you could anyway it would be a nice it's a nice story to know yeah that. yeah for sure but no it looks it looks pretty awesome and i think it's just such a big step for us to be even trialing it because oh, it's, it's definitely difficult to try and find uh leather alternatives yeah what's your like what are you most proud of for 20.3 What's a hero? I think definitely the recycled wool is a hero. I think it's uh, everybody's favourite, actually. And I also think you really see in 20.3 that, you know, the the fabrics that we've switched over that will now just be consistent, like the organic cotton, the lensing Ecovira viscose, the recycled polyester like they're just a standard now and they're mm. gonna become like just so well known yeah that then you like start introducing these new things like recycled leather and recycled wool and i think that's why it's getting like exciting because you're yeah. being more experimental with different fabrics yeah so i think it's really good to see and it it only improves so in 20.2 we use buzzwords as lensing ecovero are these still words that we're going to be using in 20.3? Yes, definitely. So the lensing EcoVero is a trademark uh, for viscose. Um, viscose is definitely obviously a staple GANI material. Mm. So yeah, we will. Um, I think that uh, it can be quite confusing because not very many people know where the origins of viscose come from. So viscose comes from a tree. And you use the wood pulp in the tree to create the viscose that you see in lots of fashion garments with the lensing ecovero it's still a viscose so it still comes from the same source but it the the main risk with using um wood pulp is that there's a risk of deforestation so when you're cutting down that tree or using the wood pulp you could be damaging that whole forest which is awful Mm. so what the lensing ecovero trademark does is ensures that when they are using the wood pulp from the tree 
that they handle it in the most responsible way that protects um, and like mitigates the risk of deforestation, which is mm. also sometimes known as this FSC certification that you can get. And then in addition to that, the Lensing EcoViro production process is a circular system, so it generates like little to no waste within that production. Right. So, so we're definitely use everything. definitely going to be using that again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a staple. It's coming to stay. Yes. Amazing. I'm, so if I was in the store and I really wanted to know more about your like your path, responsibility and Ganny, um, everything that was coming out, and I couldn't wait for these podcasts... What would I do? Ah, well, then you would check out the Gani Lab Instagram. It's a new Instagram account that we've created because we really felt like we needed the space to deep dive into all of these issues of responsibility because it's really not always like a straight yes or no answer to these things. There's not one clear cut solution. And we wanted to talk about the complexities of a brand like Gani turning into being more responsible and what it really means um, and the complexity behind it. So you see us on the Gani Lab Instagram talking about everything from our take back scheme. We yeah. do talk about the biodegradable bags <laughs> on there. We talk about um, the difficulties of trying to phase out leather. Um, yeah, you're also quite critical in that Instagram, aren't you? You're quite sort of self-critical towards the process or you kind of question yourselves I've noticed yeah definitely yeah. yeah and I think it's that thing of you just don't want to be in a way like Ganny's very humble so you don't want to celebrate your successes too much because there's always two sides to every story mm. and actually that whole thing of it is a shame but it does seem to be this um, consistent theme within responsibility where you do good in one area and you do then typically tend to cause harm in another area indirectly and sometimes it's about weighing up what your priorities are so one of our priorities is co2 so we might take a decision in the benefit of co2 reduction but it might have a negative impact on another area yeah you yeah it's just can be very challenging sometimes and I can imagine that being quite challenging on the shop floor as well like talking sometimes we meet clients that are very passionate about one thing but they don't necessarily know the whole picture of what's going on mm-hmm. as a client advisor should I be should I not be talking about this because of you know the gaps that can be in between these conversations or how should I talk about this I think I think this is also why we are so critical on the Gani Lab Instagram because we want to talk about this subject but mm. you know you, you talk about it with like your hands up of I don't know everything this is what I think is the best thing right now yeah. and this is what I know and just not pretend to know things that you don't know would be no. like yeah I'm, I guess like the best advice and that's also what we do on the Gani Lab Instagram like we've taken this decision because we thought it was the best thing yeah. oh no turns out it maybe isn't or Maybe someone's going to comment on that and be like, yeah. no, terrible mistake. But you just do the best with the information that you have. And so I think it's the same. Yeah. And then take back any feedback, I can imagine. Just yeah. taking any feedback and learn and become better. Yeah, 100%. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting to us, Lauren. It was amazing. Um, Thank oh, you so I much. Hope, I hope to chat to you again because this was, um, I thought this was very useful. Yay, it was very fun. Good. I just need a studio and... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>